Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Ankle Pickers, welcome back. Happy New Year to everybody from the Ankle Pick Podcast. Dan, Happy New Year. Reese, Happy New Year. We are ready to go with 2023. Welcome, boys. How are we doing? What up? What up? The pod is back. The pod is back. The, right, what, right. This is the fourth calendar year that we've recorded now. Crazy to think about. That actually is crazy. Does not feel that long. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, well, we're going to jump right in. A little bit of a special pod here today. We're doing division futures and division futures only. So before any event in 2023 kicks off, you can bet DraftKings Sportsbook who will be holding gold at each division at the end of 2023. Uh, this was a profitable one for us last year. We'd like to make it profitable again this year. Any other pregame stuff y'all want to bring up before we jump right in? I just have a question for Country Club. Do we have our predictions on hand from last year just to see how we did? Or is that going to be a process? It's going to be a process. Okay, let's. what we'll do is we'll share that on Twitter and then we'll we'll keep track of this year as well with Moneyline. And, and let's just, because we're big on keeping records, let's just pretend we have, you know, a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks to spend in total. And we could sure. just kind of, proportionate on all the divisions works for me sweet um, i'm going to try to share my screen for those of us watching and we can That's, roll through it that way that is out of my pay grade i have no idea how to do that let's kick things off with the heavyweight division okay and can y'all see my screen yes this is great the the downside is you two beautiful mugs are a lot smaller. The, we'll plus side, the plus side is I can very much see your screen. All right. So right off the top of the board, the first few names, Nganu, plus 110, John Jones, 275, Cyril Gan, 300, Pavlovich, 650, Miocic, 12 to 1, Blades, 14 to 1. I'm going to stop there. But you Sorry, guys- real quick, not to take two steps backward, I did – find my bet slip from uh this episode last year if we want to real quick run through that go for it do it real quick tell us your yeah, highlight. run through it minus half a unit kayla harrison wo- woman's featherweight obviously that one never materialized uh she never had a chance of even discuss discussing a fight in the ufc that one might have been ambitious cash 5x minus 115 amanda nunez woman's bantamweight Okay, that's a good bet. Losing half a unit, Colby Covington plus eight eighteen hundred. Um, we he got another opportunity versus versus uh Kamaru. Ultimately, just kind of showed that his level's not there. Minus another two X, Cyril Gan plus two eighty. Another one that really could have gone either way. There was only what two total heavyweight championship fights this year? Maybe just one. Just one, just one in January. Yeah, yeah and, uh, split decision. Gone could have gotten that. Ultimately, not my best. Um, moving on to light heavyweight. Magomed Ankalaev plus 300 minus one unit. And that one feels like a robbery. That's really, really got the right opportunity. Robbery, Sorry, Kobe, what was that? The whole light heavyweight division futures are all robberies. Yeah. Yuri feels like a robbery, too. I had that one written down at plus 275 last year. Yep. Hundred percent. Um, minus three X, Piotr Jan. Don't even get me started. I, I mean, I don't think he's lost yet, but that's minus three X regardless. Two X plus two hundred, bet of the year, Islam Makachev. Yeah, that's a great one. I had it written down at plus three hundred when we recorded, Dan. 
I've got two on my slip. I must have gotten at a, at a different book than you did, worse odds. Um, and then minus one X on Rose Nami Yunus for women's straw weight. So when you put it together, it's minus three, minus four, five, and then plus four. Sorry, this is bad radio, but we're, we're, we're green by a good amount. It's um, green by about 5x because of the great Islam bet and the great Nunez bet. Um, and then Ankaliyev coming real close. Let's jump into heavyweights this year. I rattled a few off the top of the board. Ngannou, 110. John Jones, 275. Cyril Gan 300. Pavlovich, 650. Beyond that, I... the only thing that I'm going to start and say off the top of the bat is we saw how infrequently these guys fight last year. I'd be shocked if we got more than two title fights at heavyweight this year. I'd really, yeah. I think I'm almost leaning. I didn't expect one. So I think you do get two. And here's how I think this plays out. I think you do get Francis versus Jones in the first quarter of 2023. Now, if you don't get that, because we still only. Are we dealing with the Jones suspension or was that? I think that bullshit. was. Fake. Yeah, I think that was. Fake. Okay, sorry. So if you don't get that then I think you're looking at a potential interim shot. I don't know how that works with the unification if they don't get it done in this 2023, whatever, whatever. Here's how I look at this. Stipe will not fight for a title. You're looking at Curtis Blades potentially getting a shot, and I think Sergey Pavlovich potentially getting a shot. I think with the infrequency that Kobe mentioned, anyone lower than that, I think you can pretty much count out on getting a shot. So with that being said, I think that the best bet is Curtis Blades at 14 to one. And the reason why is because I think Pavlovich versus Ganu, I think Pavlovich has less of a chance than winning than Curtis Blades. And I think similarly with Cyril Gan. and similarly with John Jones, I think that Curtis Blades has the best chance to beating any of those three guys. And so I think that if the first quarter of 2023 materializes as I expect, we're going to look for who's going to get that title shot in the second half of the year. I think you're looking at Pavlovich. I think you're looking at Blades. And I think you can't go wrong with either. But I think that because of the style that Francis and Cyril bring to the table, I like Blades Blades wrestling. So I think I'm going to lean Blades at 14 to 1 is the way to go. So I've got a little bit of a different perspective here. Um and ultimately, I think that two of the biggest names that you mentioned, your your first quarter fight, I think we don't see either of them in 2023. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of free agent Francis Ngannou. I don't think he fights. And John Jones, I mean, we, we, we've had this conversation in the future episode last year. He's been claiming a heavyweight move for six, seven years now. It's just at, at a certain point, it's a shit or get off the pot. 13. Okay, but e- but even still then. So, okay, fine. So Francis doesn't go. John doesn't go. Now what do you so do? I'm looking at laying two and a half units spread across three guys. I'm thinking one oh, unit okay. on Pavlovic. Interesting. Plus 650. One unit on Gone plus 300. Okay. And then half a unit on your Curtis Blades. I do think that those are the three most skilled guys. But in a division that's been as held up as possible, I think that it's Honestly, it wouldn't be my favorite, but it'd be likely that we see one fight this year and it's Cyril Gan versus who knows who because we don't get an Nganu or a John Jones fighting. And I think in that scenario, it's free money of one of those one of these three guys holding the holding the belt. And, I, and now, I'm not saying that that's the most likely scenario. That's just that's the scenario I'm like. My only issue with that is a. I wonder what the likelihood of Francis just sitting on his hands for a year and just holding the belt, not relinquishing. I don't know what the likelihood or probability of that is. He's a free agent. There's the likelihood he signs with the PFL and their new, uh, whatever, uh, pay-per-view 50-50 fighter split division. There's a chance that he ends up going to boxing. And then the other thing is I don't don't know if – Cyril Gon wins, you're you're barely in the green, about a unit and a half. So that's the other concern I have where it's like, 
even if your best chance hits, you're only up a smidgen. But I think that if you are correct that Nganu and Jones don't go, then you automatically hit. I just think that there's a whole lot up in the air to think that either of them fight for sure. I'm not ready to say that. I think that's fair. I got nothing else to add other than I like my boy, Sergey Pavlovich. And that guy okay. seems like he's fighting a lot and three times in 2022. If he stays, yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to be determined by what's available to him, the fights that are available. But he's a guy that we've seen to be active recently. I'll sprinkle on the 650. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say is there's a theme that'll be brought up in almost every division of a year too early or just not the right timing. And we we just we just mentioned a lot about there only being one, maybe two heavyweight title fights this year. Um, I do think Tom Aspinall is as skilled as anyone else, and I think that in the episode of 2024 futures, we're probably talking about him getting a shot. I don't see him coming off the injury and being in a title fight at all this year. Well, he's also just behind blades in line because of the injury, so that too. Can I right. say the same thing about Jalton Almeida? Jalton just, yeah, he's, he, he, he's, I don't think he's even, a heavyweight. I was about to say, you're not even yeah. guaranteed he fights at heavyweight. You, you don't know what this man, his plan is. I, I think that if you, if you look deeper than blades, you're, you're, you're off the mark. You just won't have that chance. If you did want like an absolute Hail Mary of a shot for like the lower guys, it would have to be someone that you think could sub in if there was an injury. Like I, I, I would Very say good. maybe like a Volkov or a Spivak, like just like, uh, oh, we, we have a guy who's hurt. We need someone to step in. But I, I'm, I think if you're going past blades, you're throwing money in the trash. See, I almost think that the, in that sentiment, if there's a replacement fighter, or if there's a, a guy who's not so much the number two, one through four skilled heavyweight, it's going to be Stipe getting a shot that he doesn't so much deserve. I think he's one of the only guys besides Francis that has a name outside yeah, but he has of he just hasn't diehards. He just hasn't fought in so long is my only issue. With right, that. but if he, if he gets one win and like I, whatever, this is all super hypothetical. If Francis and John Jones both aren't fighting this year, let's say Cyril beats Pavlovic or the other way around, Stipe gets one win because of his pedigree. I could see him getting a December title shot against yeah. either one of those I just guys. Don't know if he, I don't know if you could even put any money that he's going to fight twice in 2023. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I just think that in terms of name, and like you said, the layout of a last-minute replacement or something, he's the guy that I think can sell a pay-per-view way more than a bull call or a speedback. All right. And cutting it off there, we mentioned Gon, Pavlich, Pavlich, and Blades, all his potential plays. We'll come back through them at the end. Light heavyweight, Ankalaev plus 150, Jamel Hill, 300, Yuri, 330, Jan, 380, Jan Blahovich, that is 380, Glover, 800. Those are really all the short odds ones. Whoever wants to go ahead, I'll, uh, see it I'll, I'll take this one because I have two plays and two plays only, and I'm very confident on both of them. I think that you can slot in Magomed Ankalaev. I think that no matter who wins between Jamel Hill or Glover Teixeira, no matter who wins in even like the next fight after that, I think that Magomed will get another chance in 2023. And I think that he seizes that chance in 2023. I also think that Magomed's next fight will be for the title. I don't think that he's going to be defending his position and so I think you're basically betting on Magomed plus 150 in one fight where he's probably going to be the favorite. That's like my angle at that. The long shot I like is Alexander Rakic at 25 to one. I think that he was making unbelievable strides, got hurt in like a freakish way. Light heavyweight's not super deep. I think if he gets a fight in the first half of the year, which he's saying is progressing, he actually tweeted before we got live today that it's progressing. I think if he gets a win in the first half of the year, he could be he could be next in line, and, and then you get a twenty-five to one long shot on a two-fight rackage parlay. I, I like that one too. So I think Magomed's my heavy lean. I think I would be surprised if it's not Magomed. And if you want a dart throw, you, I think Rakic is pretty good at twenty-five to one. I agree with you completely on Magomed. I don't think that he's he's got a contender fight. I think that he's his next fight is going to be for the belt. Um, it's probably not going to be the next title fight at light heavyweight. So I agree with you that there's some great value there. It's Magomed winning one fight at plus 150. I'm, I've got two units slated towards there. Um, I've got a dart throw. 
with the guy we just mentioned, Jelton Almeida, a quarter of a unit plus three thirty five hundred. It's probably a year too early. Um, it's just been a weird light heavyweight division for the past year and a half. And if someone's coming out of nowhere, I could see Jelton Almeida beating any one of these guys. And then in the same vein as a Magomed Ankalaev, I'm going to put a unit behind Jerry Prohaska because mm. although he's injured right now, I don't think that the UFC makes him fight anyone before he fights for the belt. And so if he's fighting at the end of the year, he's fighting whoever's holding that belt. And um, I, I think that we saw how good he is over five rounds and how dangerous he is. And so I don't think he's better than a guy like Magomed. But at plus 330, I think we're going to get some value uh, when it comes to his one fight that he does challenge for See, the title at the end of the year. My only issue with that, Dan, is I think that if we were setting odds, I think it's most likely, the most likely scenario is Yuri doesn't fight in 2023. That That's my that's what I believe to be most likely. I think he's, with his timetable and his injury and his recovery, it's nine months from December. So call it September. It's like I could totally he does, see. You get the current belt holder. I mean, although they stripped him, the current, the most recent person who's won a light heavyweight title fight in one fight in November, de- November, December, plus 330. Yeah, and I think that that's just, good value for a unit. Yeah, it's just risky. I, I think Magomed's the safest. You, your long shots, Almeida, I don't mind that either. If you're someone going for huge gambles and you want to throw like, you know, a quarter of a unit, I think you could sprinkle Almeida, you could sprinkle Rakic, and you could have a good look at one of those two getting a title shot in 2023. I've got nothing yeah. to add. I had the three names written down on Kalaev, Yuri, and Almeida as well. I'm glad we mentioned Almeida. I do think it's a year too early at least. I well, like, so before I like Yuri, one fight plus 330 odds. It's big. Seems like it makes sense. He's going to get slotted into a title shot as soon as he's back, whether it's this year or whether it's the following. I like it at 330. And Kalaev seems like the best bet at plus 150, though. So I just, all I want to say is. Jalton, in his UFC career so far, he only has two fights, both of which I believe were at heavyweight. Um, so he's that surprises me to hear out loud. I know that he's scheduled to fight at heavyweight upcoming, but I I thought that that was because of the, how much that that fight is has moved around. In well, Parker time. Porter was at heavyweight, short notice. And then so was uh, Turkali. But what's weird is both of them, he only weighed in at 220. So I, I just don't know if the light heavyweight shot, can someone have one single fight in a spe- specific division and get the shot? I, yeah, I don't know. Well, well, I mean, well no, he had a couple though. He had one fight, he had one UFC fight under his belt as of this time last year, and he's the belt holder. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I mean, but now he's got a, now his next fight again is is coming up, also against uh, a heavyweight. So it's just it's weird. I I think that one runs a little risk of does he even fight in light heavyweight? You know, what I mean, it's running a lot of questions here. But let's keep it moving. Scrolling on down to UFC middleweight division. Um, I'll give us the short odds. Izzy plus 150, Alex Pajeda plus 215, Hamzat plus 250, Bobby Nux at seven to one, and Bo Nickel at 12 to one. Everything else is 20 to one or greater. So, he, okay. You, I mean, I don't know where Danny's take is on this. No, you're not going to catch me dead on Adesanya because I think that even if they make that rematch, your you might get a slight favorite, but then you also might have, he might defend later in the year, even if he does win 150, not great. I think Pereira is in trouble against anyone not named Izzy or not named like Cannoneer, like someone who really can push the wrestling on him. So here, here's, here's what I got. I think we're a year too early on Bo Nickel. I don't think they're going to throw him up the ladder that fast. I don't know if Hamzat's committed to 85. Kind of like a Jonathan question. So here, here are my two favorites. Obviously, Bob Whitaker at seven to one. I think that that's you are going to get. I think Bob Whitaker gets one shot in twenty twenty three, and 
you're basically getting a plus 700 on that one shot. If he wins, you I've might got he, half a unit there. That's my only yeah. middleweight future. Well, and then what's, what do you think about this one, Dan? And this one caught my eyes because the odds are very nice. Andre Mooney's at 40 to one. I love Andre Mooney's and I, and I had this written down, ultimately deleted uh, from my notes. And I love him in a matchup against anyone in this division, not named Nickel, not named Chemayev, not named Whitaker. But even I don't think that he gets a title shot. He's not someone he, that they want to push. Like a I Pereira. agree. But here's what we got. We got contender series 2019. Dana loves pushing his contender series guy. Guys, beats Arroyo, beats Fabinski, beats Jacare, beats Eric Anders, beats Uriah Hall. And he has about early in the year, which is huge for this, 225, he faces Brendan Allen. If he beats Brendan Allen, he's currently number 10. Do we see single digits next to his name? Probably. So the question he is... Beats, here's the thing. It's just way too complicated of a low-skill-level division. He beats Brendan Allen. I still have him behind guys like Vittori and Strickland in terms of name value. And I know that sounds silly. Yeah, because does. both those guys have losses recently and multiple losses, especially recently. Strickland. Strickland's like one right. in three in his last four. Yeah, it, genuinely, I, I don't see how an Andre Mooney's jumps those guys in line unless he starts fighting huge name guys. Which well, so Dryah Hall, it's a good win. It's just not like ten fights, years ago. Okay, ready? Better. He fights Brendan Allen here, wins. Who do you give him next? Is Mick Maynard? I mean, I just think humor that me. It's just I think me. it's just as logical that Mick Maynard gives him a, a Paulo Costa Marvin Vittori as Mick Maynard gives him the Chris Curtis Jack Romanson. Okay, let's say he gives him either or, and he's, he beats them too. Who do you give him in like the November-December range? Still we, not a title fight. There, still there's, there's that upper range of guys. That, I just think there's too many rungs of the ladder to climb, and I'm a huge Moody's fan. I'll be backing yeah. him huge in, in, in all those hypothetical fights that we're mentioning. I just think there's so many boxes to check before anyone gives him a belt opportunity. Let me ask you a better question. Would you take the bet 40 to one Mooney's fights for the title? So doesn't even need to win it. Just 40 to one. Do you think he has a, a chance at fighting for the title or still now? Not in this calendar year. I, okay. don't. I think that one of the biggest themes I came across with making my list is that when I did this last year, I thought that everyone had the mentality of an Izzy where I want to be an active champion. I want to fight three times a year. Not many champions do. And two times a year is actually above average. Yeah, I just look at it this way. Like, Izzy, Pereira, okay. Hamzat's kind of a, a throwaway bet, in my opinion. I think it's name value. I don't think he fights 85. I don't think he gets a title shot at 85. Then, Whitaker's a good Oops, bet. Sorry, not to, not to take you back a step. Izzy Pereira rematch happens this year, right? Sure. That's the that's Paul the belt. That's the fight that we're looking at. Paul Q1 or Q2. Right. It's not scheduled yet. And so I don't think it's Jan February. I think we're yeah, looking at March. It's not Q1. It'll end up being Q2. All right. Let's say right. early Q2. Maybe International Fight Week, July. Right. So if they're running that, right. If it's International Fight Week, we're looking at maybe a December or November second middleweight title, or, or right. we're not looking at that being the only fight. It just, I yeah. don't see a situation where Mooney's can climb this ladder this year. It's more, what if he's active while the champs aren't? Like, for example, du, uh, Duplessis. I think we're spending way too much time on a 40 to one here. There's, there's not going to be that many title fights. Yeah. Okay. Move on. The only thing I'll mention is if you're thinking about betting Izzy, just put an open parlay with at least with two Izzy fights. Yeah. I don't think you bet Izzy at 150. But like Hamza and Bo Nickel are throwaways. Let's be real. And so is Cannoneer. And so yeah. is, so like, it's like. So it, is Delizze. And I'm a Delizze guy. So is Delizze. So if Mooney's beats uh, Duplessis, you're like Imovov, he's right in the fringe there. But I get what Danny's saying. Getting three middleweight, you're betting on three middleweight fights. He needs to win all three and he needs a you title know what shot. I like better than three. Mooney's at 40 to one is Vittori at 40 to one. I still think his name just carries more. He's in that conversation of, oh, I could have, I could have gotten Izzy. Even though, like, it was a completely one-sided fight. Low-key, low key, really quickly, too, Imovov fighting this weekend. If he beats Strickland, who's ranked six right now, call it, he, he's inside the top five, and now you got to finish finishes Strickland? Yeah. Now you got to 40. That number is value. Yeah. 
Yeah, that might be a number and then a cash out. <laughs> you might want to place a little bit on that and then cash it out if he wins this weekend. All right, let's keep it moving. We've got welterweight. Uh, I'll read off the short odds again. Usman plus 150. Leon, current belt holder, plus 240. Hamzat, 450. Colby, 500. Shavkat, 9-1. to Bilal, 9-1. to Keep going because there's one name you're missing and I'm not moving on until you say his Gilby name. Gilby Burns, 25. Jorge, 14. Very much. No, I just needed the Gilby. I figured you were after the Gilby. Oh-ha! Better Portugal, better Kitsky. Okay, let me ask We you. can start there because I'd be remiss to not mention him. Gilbert, as much fun as he is, as talented as he is, I think that he gives absolutely anyone on this list a run for their money. I absolutely. Don't think he ever holds gold. That pains that, me to say. It does. Let me. So here are the two. Here are the two things I want to say. First, Connor, he's jacked off his ass. Does he get a fuck it? I want to nope. sell this pay per view freebie title shot. No. Nope. We, okay. we, we've learned that Connor can sell a pay-per-view without a belt on the line. Okay. The second question is, Dan, who do you like in a Hamzad versus Rachmanov fight in theory? I don't want to have to choose. I've got, those, those are the two guys I've got earmarked. I, okay. I think it was a year early last year for Hamzad. I think we see him hold gold this year. The tough if part is. If he can is, make weight, yeah. Does he fight at middleweight or welterweight? I have to assume that they're pushing him at welter. I've got a unit on Hamzat plus 450. I, I, okay. I just have to. Okay. And then I'm going so, a quarter yeah. unit on Shavkat because he's that good. Okay. Now, what about Bilal? Bilal is – people are calling for Bilal that he deserves a shot. I agree. Bilal has earned absolutely everything. He won't be 9-1 to one in this chance. i a couple chance. takes about Bilal, though. I what? think that he's much more similar to a Gilbert Burns – than he is to a Leon or a Kamaru. I think that the UFC itself as an organization doesn't want him to be champ. Doesn't want to push a Bilal narrative. Doesn't want to have to market a Bilal title fight. I think that he should be more like 20 to one. And I know he's on a win streak and I know that he has a style that should give a lot of guys problems. I think when you get to the the Shavkats, the Hamzats, and the Kamarus, it's going to look like a different level. And I'm I'm really I'm just not looking at like Bilal. I think that maybe he gets one win, and they feed him a Hamzat or a Shavkat because they want to get him out of there. Or maybe they they feed him a Jack Della Maddalena. They'll feed him the next biggest and scariest unbeatable prospect because they don't want a marketable all fight. Right, but he could beat those guys. But here, that was my next question. What about Kobe's boy, Jack Della Maddalena? You're too early. Okay. So, so here's where I'm at. I love Danny's picks. Hamza 450. If he stays at welterweight, that is a gift. Shavkat and I do nine- want to say, before you move away, yeah. I think that we see Hamza fight for a belt in 2023. Whether that's a welterweight or middleweight, I don't know. But I, I think we see him in a title fight. I don't disagree. And I think that you could also bet both. That's exactly where my head went. Yeah. Welterweight, middleweight, cash one, because you can assume he probably won't lose if he holds it. But here's my thing. I don't know where I place that Hamzat Rachmanov line. And so I think Rachmanov's a safe bet. But I also think that Usman is probably the most dominant champion we've ever seen. And so what does that look like? You know what I mean? Honestly, it it, it sucks because of the stance where welterweight is the position that the welterweight division is both of these might still be a year early. We might not see any kind of Leon defense at UFC London. And I know that that sounds ridiculous. That sounds very probable, but we might not see a welterweight title fight at UFC London. We might see them hold out international fight week, maybe Kamaru Leon rematch, because I do think Kamaru has earned that immediate rematch. And if his hand's not okay or whatever it is, maybe they hamstring the division. Who knows? I, I, I do Every think year that... until this year, though, or of late, Usman fought two and three times. Yeah, he's had right. injury. It wouldn't be surprising to see Usman He's had injury long. bugs, though, and stuff. But, yeah. It's just, it's interesting because 
I just think that these champ odds, unless you're in like a crazy, crazy division, paying this low price on any of them is just bad odds because like you said, Kobe, you'd be better off just open parlaying and hitting them both. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. I hate that we haven't mentioned Colby Covington yet because no. that's a guy that arguably has beaten Kamaru. And Twice. No, get the fuck out of here. Other than not being very active of the last two, three years, I mean, it, it, he well, you just sold it into a title fight. You literally just said it. He's just, he hasn't been active. And, and I like the fact that George is 14 to one shows how fucked this division is because George might get a title shot. The only reason why the 14 to one isn't good is because he won't win and he won't defend. But there's a scenario where you see Leon Masvidal. That's a legitimate scenario, which is so fucked. Seeing Leon versus Burns ahead of that, even with the scheduling weirdness. Well, it's because of the drama with the three piece and the soda. They could market the bitch out of that. But yeah. I mean, in that same vein, I don't see Colby Covington fighting for the belt this year. I think that he had his shots. Yeah. Uh, I think that. As a stylistic matchup, Kamaru is the guy for him to beat. I think that Leon handles Colby. I think Hamzat handles Colby. I think Shavkat handles Colby. And I have a lot. I've been the guy on the podcast that's been defending Colby for years. Um, But I think similarly to Bilal, the UFC isn't going to push that, isn't going to market a Colby Covington title fight again this year. So I also want to talk about one thing quick because it's an interesting angle. I want to talk about people who are active in the first quarter of this year. So Shavkat, Jeff Neal. I mean, Jeff Neal's at 40 to one. If he beats Shavkat, is he in a shot or is it still not even worth it? You know? Um, and then the other one I wanted to mention was Gilbert Burns. Cause let's just say Gilbert finishes Neil Magny, which is probably the most probable line in all, in all seriousness. What do you give Gilbert next? Do you feed him, Leon? Bilal or Colby. Uh, uh, That's so why I still, think all those guys are tied up. Okay. Yeah, still gatekeeping. I see. Yeah. I think, yeah, I all think right. you move on. I think I think Danny is the best angle from the beginning. Just ride Chemaev, ride Rachmanov, and just let it let it ride. Cool. I'm in with that. Lightweight. We've got a lightweight title fight already scheduled to be on the line in February between Islam Makachev, his belt holding odds at the end of the year, minus 200 bulk plus three thirty. Oliveira to regain his belt plus six fifty. Dariush seven fifty. Dustin nine to one. Everything else is 21 or greater. Probably there. Call me a square. Yeah. Islam minus 200 three X to win one fifty. Retweet. Sorry. Retweet. Look, here, here's what you're looking at. Your only sweat on that Islam bet is Volkanovsky. Let's be real. Because they probably run it back. If, you, if, if yeah, maybe. Islam loses, that one probably gets run back. Maybe. But here's, look at Chucky Olives, no. We saw how the first one got through, no. Dustin Poirier, no. Justin Gaethje, no. They've already gotten that smoke from Habib, no. So you're looking at Armin Sarukian potentially. I don't hate that. And then, Dan, what is your opinion on Benel Darius? Because he is in the wings for a shot. He already should have fought Islam. I think there's a very likely scenario that Benel gets a shot this calendar year and his odds will not be higher than plus 750. You know what my take is? Which is a stupid, salty take. His odds might be more than 750. Nah, that's Come impossible. Close. Nah, that's impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> that's that that's impossible. That's crazy. I, I'm all for crazy shit, but that's impossible. That would have to put Islam at like minus 1100. That's insane. Ben and then the other has been disrespected beyond disrespected, and I almost don't think it, it changes. The other honorable mention I'm curious about from Dan's perspective. Um is Rafael Faziv. I heard that they're in the process of making him versus Gaethje. Let's say he takes out Gaethje. I would be surprised if he... I almost like a Turner more than that. I think Turner could snatch up some necks and and go on a run. Faziv's a one-dimensional. Faziv hasn't lost. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned Ilya Tapuria, by the way. What's up? We haven't mentioned Ilya You're too early. You're too early. And, And it's lightweight. Right. I'm much more intrigued. Division. 
Yeah. All right. That's the only reason why. Let's be real. Ilya, I know he's been bouncing, but Ilya will not be fighting. He might eventually go when he's in his, like, 30, 31, oh, I want to try to be a double champ. But, like, let's be real. Like, he's not a lightweight. He's comfortable at featherweight. He's going to be fighting at featherweight. The last thing I'll say is, is I guess part of my reason, reason of, of not loving the Benny future is what I'm hearing out of his camp, all the noise he's making about Poirier and whatnot, feels like he's being told, hey, man, no one's taking a fight with you because you're just not a draw and we're just not going to move you along because no one wants to. No one wants to accept the fight. Yeah, but he just he, shit. doesn't mean he's not game. Well, he just, he just shit on, he just shit on Gamrat. Like how long are you going to leave a man who destroyed one of the top prospects on the sidelines? I interpret that. Think about how long they left Islam on the sideline. I interpret that coming out of Benny's camp as let's go get you a pay-per-view like money fight. Dustin will throw that and get paid. What's so weird is Darius Makachev was booked. Why wouldn't they just either way, Kobe. But but it wasn't booked when either of them had had any kind of title implications. It was booked as a stay busy fight for Makachev. And Danny, I agree with you, Kobe, in the sense that whatever Benny's whatever's coming out of Benny's camp isn't advancing him towards fighting for the belt sooner. I agree with that. Some other kind of ulterior. Also, I do want to say the more I'm looking at this, I actually think I lay off this division entirely. Dan is right. Makachev is the one, but I, I really don't think he's going to roll Volk like the books say he's going to roll Volk. And so I almost don't want to be, I mean, I guess you're riding Makachev at minus 200 versus Volk, which is like nice, but I don't know. I kind of disagree. I think you can, you can bet Islam at minus 200 here. And if he beats Volk, great. You have Islam at minus 200 for maybe one more fight this year. And if he loses, they're going to run that rematch back and you have Islam minus 200 the second time. What about this? They run that rematch back, and but Volkanovski goes defense 45 first, and now 55 is fucking vacant. It's possible. That happens so fucking often. But then, then you're losing a bet on Islam minus 200, which is a better odds than betting the fight in, in itself. Yeah, that's true. It's, that's I fair. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good angle at it. It's just you have to think, am I parlaying Islam to beat Volk also with Islam to beat, say, Dariush or Fazeev or Sarukian or whatever, whoever comes next. Um, and then also Dan told me off air that he really likes the Demir Ismagulov at plus 150. So throwing that out there. Talk about not throwing for a title, but we're just – how about we just hope he's not actually retired? He is. And, and oh, oh, scroll up a little bit. I think I saw another one of Dan's. Oh, Brad Riddell. Dan, throw that Brad, Brad Riddell out there too, plus 500. He is one of my guys. But he fuck, is your man. Guy. Bantamweight, and we actually have some news today about Bantamweight division. Real quick, Kobe, before we move to Bantamweight, uh, we should address that the reason Featherweight's not on the board is because of the complication with the super fight of uh, True. Islam, Volkanovsky, and depending on that, there could be no Featherweight title in their only interim, and, and that's why DraftKings isn't offering it. Yeah, because uh, so the, the problem would be that it's like, okay, you you – Obviously, would bet like Emmett or Yair because they get plus odds, but then it might get not get unified. So, yeah, way to clarify that, Dan. I was actually confused by that. Moving on to Bantamweight for real this time. Aljamain Sterling is plus one hundred and bad bet. He has a bicep injury, some sort of injury that partially torn bicep will not be ready for March. Right, we were thinking March originally. That timeline is no longer. Cejudo is sitting there at two to one. Sugar Sean O'Malley, four and a half to one. Cheeto Vera, nine to one. Piotr Jan, 10 to one. Marab, 18. Sandhagen, 22. I'll cut it off there. Reese, so tell me why Aljo is a bad bet at plus 100. I'll tell you why Aljo is a bad fight bet. Once this year. I'll tell you why Aljo is a bad bet at plus 100. Because I don't, I think that there's A, a likelihood that he actually doesn't go this year. He has got a partially torn bicep and. They're going to do, in my opinion, they're going to do a, a interim Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera. The reason why I think Aljo plus 100 is a bad bet is because there's way too many question marks. There's the Cejudo roaming around. I have no idea what's going to happen with Cejudo. 
So can I pause you real quick? Pause. Yeah. Yeah. That's Cheeto Sean O'Malley fight. That's interim, you said. Yes. So that doesn't affect these odds. There's still no, Aljo correct. holding that belt while that but, happens. But here's the problem. If Aljo doesn't fight for the whole year, I mean, he's got a partially torn bicep that may require surgery. He said more news to come. So there's a likelihood that he has to has a Yuri Prohoshka situation. The other thing, too, that I want to add is there's well, no, that, that's a little bit of a unique situation where he had to give up the belt. Totally the unique that he was scheduled for. Like he, he could vary, even if he doesn't fight, I'm not sure that he's going to have to give up the belt all year is kind of what I'm thinking. Especially if they have an interim belt in place, they can run the division as normal with the word interim being thrown so in there. Let me ask and Aljo could be without fighting the champion at the beginning. I'm not betting Aljo one-to-one, but I, I just want to make sure. So here's the other huge, game. here's the other huge, huge storyline that I'd be remiss if we ignored. There have been a lot of rumblings that, Aljo's going to I-45 because he wants to give his teammate Marab a shot. What if the Aljo injury is going to keep him out for a year? Marab gets the interim belt. Marab wins. Aljo relinquishes and says, eh, I'll go up to 45. Marab's champ. No, that's interesting. I think there's a whole lot of things that need to happen there. And I I agree with you. I've got Marab penciled in as, as a future that I'm on. Um, I'm going mm. a quarter unit plus 1800. I agree with you that the, this, the script is there for yeah. the end of the year to come and his teammate to say, Marab, it's your belt, interim, whatever. Yep. But I also think the script is there for Aljo to either not fight or fight once versus a Cheeto or a Sean O'Malley, who stylistically, I think he should be. Yeah, he beats both those guys, in my opinion. By, by minus 500, minus 550. Not that crazy, but yeah. The grappler that he is. I don't know if it's that crazy. I don't know. I think that I think that Aljo isn't a terrible shot for maybe a unit or two. Not something big. But for him to fight at maximum one time this year, but maybe not fight at all and still be champ. Hey, guys, I am looking at DraftKings, and I actually do have featherweight odds for some reason. Hmm. Let's jump there next. I don't. Um, but back to Bantamweight, I think that O'Malley's a really bad bet. And I think that you have to ask. I think Cejudo's a bad bet, but you have to ask yourself where he plays in all this. I think the best bets are Sandhagen or Marab. Or, yeah, I, I, I know that I'm going to sound like a homer here. I'm going quarter unit, Marab, quarter unit, Piotr Jan. I still think Piotr Jan is the best band weight alive. I think that the the pathway for him to get back to the title is a little bit weird. But let's say that O'Malley wins that uh, Cheeto interim belt that, that we're talking about. Piotr's probably the next in line, given that he wins a fight for someone. Um, I actually like that path for Jan better than some of the other things that we're talking see, here's about. The, here, here's the problem. You don't even have a guarantee that Jan fights for in the UFC again. You really don't. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, in, the, in the same way that you don't have a guarantee that Marab gets a title shot ever, let alone this year. We're I'm going to go to quarter unit on both of those, and they're pretty big odds. But I think that going a full unit or a full two units on Aljo is a great way to round that off because if. If Aljo comes back, he's not fighting twice for this belt. And I he's mean, going to be in a great stylistic matchup versus anyone not named Piotr. This division's just so deep because I think you could make a claim that Ricky Simone is in the hunt. I just think it might be a little early. And then I think the same thing for Umar and Adrian Yanez. I think that because they're all of those guys that just named are active in Q1. So you have that weird scenario where Umar beats Barcelos, or Yanez beats um, Bob Font. Now, all of a sudden, you're in a scenario where you got like a lot of guys waiting in the wings and you have a hurt champion. This, this division's either the toughest to bet or the easiest to bet, and you're not going to know. Umar's super interesting. He's another guy. I think it's just a year too early. I do yeah. think that there aren't, I mean, he's ranked 11 right now. There aren't 10 guys better than him. I don't think there's four guys better than him. I just also don't think we see him fight for the belt this year. I think that this division, more than anything, is under the threat of interim 
lunacy. And I think that we might not have an actual bantamweight title fight this year. I, I think that there's a realistic chance that Aljo is the bantamweight title holder January 1st to December 31st without ever fighting. And we get the interim belt change hands twice. Okay. And that, if that you'll be, you'll be stuck on the news waiting to see if Aljo relinquishes every day, but that would be the easiest cash ticket of all time. If it, if it does go through that way. Also, Kobe, scroll down just a little bit because there's one name that has a very interesting idea behind it, and that's Raul Rosas Jr. plus 250. And I'll tell you why before I get laughs and shit. There is a storyline of of him beating John to be the youngest UFC champ of all time. There is that storyline waiting in the wings. If he's 18 In the same way that they pushed an Alex Pereira, they could push that. That's what I'm saying. In the same way that Alex Pereira went from barely fighting to fighting in the champ, I could see Rosas Jr. fighting two times in the first half of this year and then getting a ranked opponent in Q3 and and maybe getting that December shot in Q4, which would be crazy at plus 250. Obviously, that's the Hail Mary of all Hail Marys, but the fact that he's so young could push that. I'm glad you called it out, Reese. Take us over to to, to Featherweight. Do you really not have Featherweight? I really don't. That's so weird. So I have, here's what I have for featherweight. I have Alexander Volkanovsky minus 165. Josh Emmett plus 400. Yair Rodriguez plus 450. Arnold Allen plus 800. Ilya Teporia plus 1400. Max Holloway plus 1600. Movzar Evelev uh, plus 2000. Calvin Cater plus 4500. And then a couple honorable mentions. Um, Ryan Ortega, 45 to one. Maybe Lerone Murphy at 100 to one. Our boy JSP at 100 to one. I Tell me might... Volk's number again. What was the top number? Volk is minus 165. Off the top of my head, the, the Holloway and the Ortega numbers seem disrespectful. Both I don't of those know. guys were. The, the problem, Dan, not to interrupt you, but. Holloway's not going to go. They're not going to do Holloway Volk four. That's your huge problem. 100% not. But if Volk beats Islam and then has to defend at 155, what are the chances we get a winner of Emmett Yair versus Holloway? I, I, don't, think Volk, I, don't, think Volk, I don't think Volk relinquishes 45 because that's his true weight class, in my opinion. But they might make him. 155 is the bell cow, the money maker for the UFC. If Volk usurps Islam, father's plan, Khabib's, like, whatever, uh, usurper. I, I mean, Volk might have to defend 155 before anything else is settled. And I mean, and that's talking about a yeah, bunch then, of weird space they're not gonna make it where Max Holloway's the best in the world. Well, then that's a great bet, Dan, because I think Max Holloway destroys, not destroys, but we've watched him beat the shit out of here, are you guys? And we know if 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 Josh Emmett lost 2.9 rounds to Michael Johnson, he's going to get smoked by Max Holloway. Danny, I can't imagine a scenario where Volk wins against Islam and they make him relinquish a, his title before he gets to defend it. I'm better. with Kobe. I'm with Kobe on that. I, I couldn't have imagined a scenario nope. where Jiri wins the light heavyweight belt and a month later has to relinquish it either. Things are I, going on weird. Yeah, but he so hold on, Dan. If you're betting Islam at minus two hundred, how can you not bet Volk at minus one sixty five? I agree because I think that there's a the, the answer, Kobe, for you is that Volk's the one having to go out of his division, and the fight being right. So Islam's even if division, Volk loses, even if Volk loses, your bet is still winning. Think about that. Izzy, Izzy did it so much recently. He went up, lost. I actually think. I actually think now that Kobe's mentioning it, I actually think that this Volk minus one sixty five might be the best ticket because he's fighting in the first half of the year and it's risk free for your bet. Right. If he wins or loses, your bet. For me, fine. I think that there's a chance that he goes undefeated in twenty twenty three and you lose your bet. And that sounds that sounds like a shitty way to lose. Oh, I totally disagree, but yeah, I, I respectfully disagree as well. I think I'm going to be, I'm, I think that's actually one I am going to place is I'm going to, I'm going to take Volk for some coin. What happens if Volk beats Islam and they run Volk Dustin, Volk Connor, Volk I, money fight. I'm telling you right now that I think belts at featherweight. Yeah. 
still a double champ. Yep, I'm with Kobe. I don't think they make him relinquish. Interesting. I, I do think that there's a chance that Volkanovski moves to 155 if he wins versus more than minus 165. And 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 thinking that wait, Dan, not only more than 165. This could be an old takes exposed. This could be a big old takes exposed. If Volk beats Islam at 155, I don't see him going back to 145 anytime soon. You okay? Well, I don't first see off, him defending here, here are my two counters. Belt at all. Here are my two counters. First off, Volk's plus like what 300 to even beat Islam in the first place. Second off, you your bet. Think about this. Your bet in the count the first half of this calendar year is going to be untouched at minus 165. There's a high likelihood that you have to deal with one Volkanovsky defense at minus 165. He's minus four five hundred against both Emmett and Yair. Danny, I see the path you're describing, but I just, it's about it's about I'm willing to take. Yeah, I'm kind of with Kobe on that. I don't disagree, and ultimately, I'm not betting against it. I I just think that at featherweight and at bantamweight, you've got the highest level of contender, and we saw guys like Holloway and Ortega be seconds punches, squeezes away from taking that Volk belt as much as respect. And I'm not trying to disrespect Volk at all. Y'all know how much I think he's absolutely deserved of the pound for pound. Number one, he is the best fighter in the world, but we've seen him this close to defeat. And ultimately if he goes up to, to 155, I think there's a, there's a scenario where he's not in the 145 rankings in December. It's possible, but 165 seems a little sweet. And I think the only reason why you're getting 165 is because of all that noise. Let's move these on. These aren't any game. lines I studied. I, I I just heard these are all knee jerk reactions after you read them a second ago. I, I don't have any bets placed. Flyweight. Uh, I have the Holloway and the Ortega lines. Flyweight the red is flag is disrespectful. Thinking of how close they were with the champion with the pound for pound number one. But you're right that the path to the title shot is it Here, might not be there. Here's what I'm gonna say: flyweight is the easiest division to make money right now, and I'll tell you why. I think Manel Cape at forty to one is literal robbery, and the other one I think that is just out of this world insane value: Amir Albazi at eighteen to one. I think both Amir Albazi and Manel Cape have a high likelihood of beating everyone ranked higher than them. The other one that I think let, let me read through the, let me read through the top names. Sorry, I'm just I'm 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 I my my jaw dropped. Figgy 150, Moreno 165, Pantoja 400, Nicolau 12 to one, Kaikar France 12 to one, Albazi Reese mentioned 18 to one, Royval 20, Mokayev 35, Alex Perez and Manel Cape at 40. Okay, Mokayev, I think it, he he follows along the same thing we've been going at all night. A year too early. Amir Obazi. Do we know that for sure, though? Because he fought three times this year. No, we don't know that for sure. But I think that the fact that he barely could finish Malcolm Gordon. He finished him in the second round. He turned it on. Did he? I thought it was a third. Whatever. You had two firsts and either a second or a third. You might be I right. mean, I think that I think that we watched Manel Cape fight Pantoja. And Manel Cape gasped but put it on him. I think 40 to 1 on Manel Cape is the automatic flyer. Mateus Nicolau, I don't know if he gets that shot. I think I'm on Amir Bazi, Manel Cape, and, and that is it. I, I think Ty Care France is a sucker bet. I think both of the top dogs, Figgy and Moreno, are bad bets. If you wanted to make an argument for Pantoja, I would hear you out. I would just say, does he even fight for the title? And if he does, can he defend it at plus four or four to one? That that's my only issue. Yeah, I've got nothing here. This is a division that I that I skipped. I do think that you don't like Cape at forty. See, I just think that it's a year too early for this whole division. Um, maybe I'm jaded because we've seen a year and a half of the same exact fight run back like four fucking times. Um, but That's yeah, almost I, all I the more see, reason why I like it. I agree with you. Yeah, may, I, I I think that maybe I'm overlooking money here, but I don't have a strong read in terms of um, the Figgy Pantoja side. And I do think that Figgy beats Moreno for a third time. 
Here's all I have to You're say. Right. Guys like Albazi, guys like Mokaya, guys like Cape, guys like Cape are as skilled as anyone in our game versus anyone. Will not be big dogs if they get a shot. You've got great value. I'm not sure that any of the three break through this year. Here, here's my only thought, and 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 then we can move on. You got Figgy Moreno really fucking early in this in, in this year. You also run the risk of if one of them gets scratched, one of these guys are ready for a replacement. So that's one thing. The other thing I want to say is they will not run back Moreno Figgy five. I just think that that would be beating a dead horse beyond all belief, in which case that if the flyweight title shot runs twice this year, you have a high likelihood that one of your flyers, Manel Cape, Amir Bazi, Pantoja, get, are the ones who get that shot. And that's... that's Look it, it's going to be a draw in Brazil. They're going to run it back a fifth time. No, you know no. it already. <laughs> That'd be so retarded. Uh, my only... I like to fly on Mokhaev and call me a square or whatever, but no, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that too. I just don't know if he gets the shot. That's all you're here. Kobe, break it down this way. I know we got to move on, but break it down this way. Figgy and Moreno go in, in January or yep. February, whenever it's dated, who are you placing your, let's say they run it one or two more times. Do you think Mikhaev could be a guy that gets the call? If the answer is yes, you have to take him at 35 to 1. You have to. I think he, I think he can be within two revolutions of the. Okay, that's that's really the question. And By the way, the path is probably Moreno winning and not Figgy because if Figgy wins, I think it holds it up a little bit longer. Quite possibly. You also have to wonder, I don't know, you would know this better than me, but also, and we don't have enough time to dive in, but who's also already booked out of these guys? I know Jeff Molina, I believe, is booked. Alex Perez, I believe, is booked. Um, pretty quick here. So I think Kai Car France might be booked. Perez and Manel Cape are booked. That's it. Who, who's Manel Cape booked against Perez? Against each other. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, so that's that, for March 25th in San Antonio. Yeah. So I think winner of that puts themselves in a very good spot to be active right around that time. But yeah. So, okay. Interesting. All right. We're going to move it on to the women's divisions. We can spend a little bit less time here and just say Amanda Nunes at UFC bantamweight, women's bantamweight, minus 250. So before I'm, I'm we kidding. move on real quick, I've got a sprinkle, sprinkle, not even a quarter unit, um, but I think maybe a tenth of a unit I might put on Valentina Shevchenko just in the mindset that we saw both of them kind of look human in 2022, and maybe they want to run that trilogy back before all of the buzz is gone from both women. And so we saw, for me, Valentina win um, that second one that went to the decision with two takedowns over five rounds is the quote. Um, but 700, Valentina, you know, I think that's not a bad shot. My only shot that I think is hilarious, but I think it's actually, it, it could be worth placing just because how ridiculous all this shit is. Um. I think you could make a claim for uh, sprinkling just a, a, a little bit on someone dumb like, um, where is it? Misha Tate at 250 to one. I know she's lost twice, but these women divisions have proven that they want to, if they're going to put on the card, they want people who will sell it. I could totally see Misha Tate getting the shot. She's as popular as they come. She's as talked about as they come. She is as loved as they come. It's kind of like, let's say Ronda Ronda was still in the circle. She always has the likelihood of getting that shot. I think Misha, even though she's lost twice, it kind of doesn't really matter. And I think that at 250 to one for her to get a dumb chance, kind of like Pena did and, and get the stunner, I think it's worth a sprinkle. Outside of that, you got to be on Nunez or bust. Here's the only thing about playing Nunez. You're only uh, you're only betting this if you think she fights more than once this year. Because you're going to have a worse odds on Nunez versus Pena. I disagree. You disagree? Yeah, I think Nunez is higher than minus 250 against Pena. I agree with Sizably you. Sizably, too, there. to be honest. No, no, no. I, that's I think what I'm the, saying. Ultimately, what you're worried about is the retirement factor. Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. All right, never mind. But even on the retirement factor, none of these women on the list are threatening. And so that's why Valentina. it's like, well, Valentina, yeah. The but super this is, fight for a tiny sprinkle is is threatening. Maybe, but it, let's say Amanda Nunes retires. I could totally see Juliana Pena versus fucking Misha Tate for the, for the title. That's so yeah. within the UFC's cards. Or Holly. 
Yeah, or Holly. So in the cards. Yep. Something weird. We go to flyweight. Sure. Women's flyweight, Valentina minus 190, Tyler Santos, six to one, Poirot, six and a half, Blanchfield, nine. I think this is the year that Valentina loses it. Loses it. She's looked human too many times. I like Blanchfield. I like Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill. I like Blanchfield. I like Santos. Think about this script. They run back. Shevchenko, Santos. Santos wins. Then Valentina moves up to bantamweight to beat Amanda for her essentially both their retirement fight. Um, and you get Valentina at 135 while Tyla is, is 125. That being said, I think Aaron Blanchfield is the most talented woman at you at women's flyweight. So I, I think I think Aaron Blanchfield, but I I I really, really think Casey O'Neill is right there. And then the other one, and this one seems less likely, and I actually don't even think she's on the list. It might be because she's a straw weight. Um, Dan, my, do you, my flyer. I thought you were gonna say Tracy Cortez for a second, just because of a wrestling. No, no, I was gonna say, um, man, she might. Is she a bantamweight? Um, uh, Tatiana Suarez. What's her deal? She's making her return fight, and she can murder all these women. But I don't see her on the list here. So, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I think. Um, I want to put a little bit of light on Faro. I think she's right there as far as getting a chance. Yeah, but stylistically, I think Talia Santos is a tough draw. Blanchfield's a really tough draw. Casey O'Neill's a really tough draw. Like, Blanche I don't know. Blanchfield's my favorite play, nine to one. What about Andrade yeah. at twenty-eight to one? Not, not up at a, not up at flyweight. I've got her as my play at, at strawweight. Okay. And then one last one. If there's a play, not to transition, but I do think that we we are beginning a long reign of Wei Li Zhang. I I thought that we were going to begin the the long reign when she rematched Rose and Rose head kicked her. but Or not rematched, but the first one. Yeah. Well, one other one I want to mention is what about Miranda Maverick at 100 to 1? Too far out? Yeah, I don't see the path. Okay. I want to cut you off about the Jean Whaley play at minus 165. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Rose is a good bet. I don't think Amanda Lemos is a good bet. I think Jessica Andrade is a good bet. You said Jean Whaley minus 165, Rose 225, Lemos 5 to 1, Yan Zhao Nan 9 to 1. Yeah, I, I think. Here are the ones I like. I like. Uh, Yan Shanan, I just don't know if they they run that one. And then I actually really like uh Yasma Yaraguchi at 65 to 1. She came in hot. I'm a fan of did. hers. It's a year too early. I, it, I don't this, know this because this doesn't change hands enough. I don't know just because of how thin this division is. It's like Rose seems to be inactive. Amanda Lemos. I mean, she just got smoked by Andrade. I know she has a good win. I don't know if they do China versus China with Yao Zhanan. They might. I don't know what their relationship's like. We're, and then we're going to see a Shanghai card pretty soon here, too. Yeah, I, I just think that it's 65 to 1 that Yaraguchi gets a chance this year. I like it. I, I do like it. I won't lie. I mean, it's 65 to 1 and there's value. I just don't think she gets a chance this year. And then a couple head. honorable mentions that I wanted to run by Dan is. Um, do you think Lupe Godinez is at 150 to one? I I just don't I don't think it's worth a shot. I'm going to be honest. And then Mackenzie Dern at 100 to one. That's what I'm way more excited about. I still don't think she fights for the title. And then what about um? And then what about your girl uh, Marina Rodriguez at 22 to one? Just because she lost, she's, she's out. Got the, I mean, she's got the technical ability to do it. I still don't see the path. There's just a lot that needs to happen for anyone to get a shot. That's kind of beyond the Jessica and draws for me. Okay. I, I think for all the listeners out there who like the long shots, I really do think Yaraguchi could get that, that October, November, December chance. And, and you've got a great ticket there. If that's the case. 
All right. Should we go back through top to bottom and just put a unit on everything? Yeah, we'll run it quick. I know Dan's in a rush. I got to finalize my card. I'm not exactly sure what I'm just for the um, for the shits on Twitter. We'll post it on Twitter, but for the shits, pick one, one best bet for each division. Go through best bet. Kobe, get your pen ready. All right. Heavyweight, Pavlovic. That's light heavyweight. Bet. Hold on. One at a time, brother. We're going to go back and forth. So Dan's okay. Pavlovich. I'm on. I, I think best bet's gone at three to one. I'm Pavlovich. Light yeah. heavy. I like. Light uh, heavy, Pohaska. I'm going to go. Oh, man. I'm going to go. Rackish twenty five to one. I'm going year. Nola Frank live on her best bets. That's surprising. Uh, middleweight. Middleweight. I've got Bobby Whitaker. Give me a uh, Bob Whitaker's a great fucking pick. Give me. How are you not going Bob Whitaker? You don't. Need I love Bob Whitaker, but because I figured that if I just hit one of these, I'm golden. So give me Imavov. I don't love betting this one. I'm going to take Hamza, but only because I'm also taking Hamza at. Okay, I respect that. Welterweight. So that's my play for Welterweight also. Welterweight, the Hamza Shavkat sprinkle. I'm, 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 give Dan 0.5 on each of those. I'm just going Shavkat. Lightweight. Dan, are you, are are you, did, I was going to say, Kobe, are you doing um, Maladelena? But no, you're soft as ice. Islam, unanimous lightweight. Yep. Um. Yeah, I, I, I really don't see another option. I'm gonna go Islam. Danny too. Yep. Uh, we skipped, but featherweight. Feather, featherweight. I'm going Volkanovski. The odds. That's a Dan, tough one for me. I'm gonna run. I top mean, I'm, I'm gonna go with Holloway. Holloway's sixteen to one. Kobe for Dan. I'm also on Volk minus 160. Is okay. that right? Yeah, 165. Phantom weight. I I I sucks. I'm going Aljo. I, I I think that that's the 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 way to be. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my boy. Give me give me Marab. I'm taking Cheeto nine to one. Cheeto nine to one is a really good one too. Flyweight. Give me a half unit Albazi, half unit Cape. Pass. No, <laughs> not it got a risk of uni. He's allowed to pass. Okay, fine. Pantoja. No, no, no. Let the man pass. I don't want to peer pressure him. Fuck. Pantoja if I have to. Yeah, he has to. Mokayev. Uh women's divisions, bantamweight. That, that Kobe, that Mokayev one could win it for y'all. It low key. Um Nunez two fifty. Valentina. Nunez. Flyweight. Give me a uh, half unit Blanchfield, half unit O'Neal. Half unit Blanchfield, half unit Tyler. Blanch all the way. Wow, the year of Shevchenko is over. And women's straw weight last. Whaley, all of it. Give me, give me uh, Yaraguchi for the win, 65 to 1. Andrade, 11. All right. Dodge 11 is great, too. That does it for the division futures for 2023. We'll be back pretty shortly here with previewing, I don't even know, the first event of 2023. Yeah, Strickland versus Imavov. It looks like we're going to be recording Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll have it out first thing Friday morning so the closing line value doesn't move on you. And apologies for no sudden spread. It happened behind closed doors, and I whooped Reese. 5 sweep. That is absolutely not what happened. Oh, wow. Watching on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.